I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. staff tonight kind of like sporting we have uh, about half our roster because one's out on injury and one's out on international duty so sick slash interstate duty is what yeah we're, is what we're calling that yeah <laughs> poor Allie, get well yes get, Feel better. Uh, we need Allie to get well and bob to get back to this state but that means we're gonna have a short quick concise episode tonight with just myself cody bradley and thad bell that would be me the old guy over here that'd be the other guy so it's the summer of soccer, and we have like all this to talk about, and we can't get our whole squad here this week, so that's unfortunate. <laughs> but we do. We're gonna try to run through a few, several topics tonight. Well, the bright side is we don't have to listen to everybody's opinion. That's right. <laughs> oh, see, now I feel good about this. <laughs> now I don't have to listen to Bob. I'm, not, I'm, I'm optimistic, man. 
So let's start off strong here with the world champs and how badass the U.S. women's national team is. Well, the, actually, the first thing I want to talk about is how they've been drunk for three days straight. That's my favorite part of it. They're just having like the time of their lives. They should. Yeah. They should. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's when the when the Blues won. I think they were drunk for like a month, man. Right. <laughs> I, I think they're still drunk. So yeah. And Ashlyn Harris and her uh, in her Instagram stories are just where it's at. It's the best part of all of it. This summer has just been so much fun. The summer of soccer. It all kind of. What day was that? Was that Sunday that it all came to a head? Gold yeah. Cup, World Cup, and Swell Park Rangers. Swell Park Rangers. Okay, it's not quite the same level of excitement there. And Copa America. Yeah? Yeah, it was a good day. I wasn't even watching any of that, man. It was a good day, except for a lot of my teams lost. Anti-American. Except for one. (laughs) So, U.S. get their fourth star. Fourth star. Oh, I looked for jerseys today, and that wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. I don't expect it to be easy at all, because it's Nike. Yeah, I know. They're they're not doing well in that regard. And was there jerseys for that would fit men? So, yeah. And that hasn't always been a thing. Like, literally not even a year ago, they were not selling men's cut women's jerseys. Right. And I did see, while looking today, I did see some of those. But I want the one that says champions as the name on the back and 19 as the number. Yeah. And I want it with the the crest and the four stars. And they were ready with that with the at the actual game. So yeah, they've been. That's definitely a, a thing they do for celebrations now. You know, as a Manchester City fan, I've grown grown quite familiar with that process. So, ah. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I guess we don't even really need to talk about the game. It's that was like a long time ago now. They won. They deserved to win. They were the best team. I mean, you can you can make arguments about which players should have started. You can still make arguments about whether Ellis is a great coach or a good coach or a mediocre coach, and they would have done better without her. But they still did it. Yeah, so they did because Rose Lavelle is a friggin' badass. She is good. I I, I wish they would have uh, played Haran out there instead of Mewis. Uh, oh yeah. Nothing against Mewis. I think she's really good. But actually, I wish they would move Ertz back to defense and put. Mewis, Haran, and Lavelle in the midfield. I think that would have been awesome. I think That's they would have won midfield. even better, won even easier. But Well, it is time for them to bask in the glory and soak up every second they can. And I hope I hope this hope the league and fans kind of parlay this into something. Into more equitable treatment. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Something. Yeah. I hope I hope the country doesn't forget that women's soccer is like pretty cool. They will. <laughs> they will very quickly. I I am guessing. I I know. I, I hate I hate to say this, man. I'm I mean I, I'm I have been one of the biggest supporters of women's soccer forever, right? I mean that you have. I was I watched the '99ers play. I watched the '91ers play. I've watched pretty much every time they've ever been in a World Cup. I when. Mm-hmm. When there was a women's team here, I covered them sometimes more than I did sporting. I've covered WPSL teams just to give them anything, any kind of coverage, man. Yeah. And but the reality is, it's just like I mean, you're not going to get more people coming out to a WNBA game than you do an NBA game. It's a right. struggle. And now the difference is, 
country turns out for big events and big events where the country is represented. So they turn out for Olympics. They turn out for the World Cups. I mean, if the men get to another World Cup, that'll turn out and the crowds will be huge again. If. So, How dare you with the if and that. <laughs> eh, nothing is for certain. Although CONCACAF tries to make the qualifying easier. Uh, so, yes, let's move that conversation into one that we had on Twitter and in Slack. Was that la- just last night? Uh, we, I started seeing the tweets from, you know, one was a guy from Springfield. Another was a women's player in for the Houston Dash that is Hanson. from Kansas City. Hanson. Hanson. Hey, Hanson. Yeah, it was yeah, it was an alliteration, but I couldn't quite remember it. <laughs> Haley. Hey, Haley. Uh, the the you know retweeting the beautiful scenes from the Power and Light District and wondering how this city doesn't have a women's team here anymore, and seemingly laying blame on the fans in Kansas City. But we know, and I thought it was more widely known than this, but I guess it isn't. Just how bad the people behind the scenes were for that team. Yeah, and I, and I don't want to blanket statement all of them, but there was a lot of problems. The NWSL was uh, itself not very well run. Mm-hmm. Uh, FC Kansas City had uh, the original owners also own the Comets, and a lot of the personnel were shared between the two organizations, which... But they, they, it was always a uh, more of a short-sighted, let's get people in for this one game yes. kind of thing. It wasn't always well-promoted. It wasn't it wasn't an event. It was, see, all, all that right there, is just, that's like just kind of reasonably bad ownership. <laughs> yeah. But then there was, you know, like staffing, training facilities, training in general. I mean, it was just... It was it, the the first set of owners did it on the cheap, okay, mm-hmm. but they did it. I mean, they did it right. Um, there were some other issues that came to light, and they ended up forcing them to sell it. There were some stupid emails that were very juvenile and eighth grade boyish. Yes, uh, which w- was released and denied, and probably still true, no matter how much they were denied, but. Uh, even in that regard, none of the players I ever talked to felt like that was a big issue. They felt like it was just stupid. Yes. They were actually more mad at the people who leaked it than it was they were at the owners who had said those stupid things. So anyway, but the but it was still a bad image, and especially with all the other stuff going on in the world. And they were pretty much, between that and the Comets and all this other stuff going on, they were pretty much forced to sell. And they ended up being forced to sell to... A businessman from Minnesota named Elam Bear, and when I say they, I'm talking about the Likens family here. So I mean, I don't want to like leave their name out, like I'm trying to protect them or anything. That was they were the ones who were the original owners, and like I said, they did they did it on the cheap. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but when it went to Elam Bear, it just completely fell apart. Um, he was even cheaper. He had all these grand talk about how he was going to do these things and support women's soccer and all this other stuff, and. It ended up being even worse. Um, it was it was so bad to a point where they had a, they had a player injured and out for the year. It was uh, Amy Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. They didn't replace her, so they only had seventeen players on the roster. Minimum they were supposed to have was eighteen. They're actually they somehow the league finally figured it out and they were uh, told if you don't sign a player, we will fine you. 
So the the team was forced into signing a player. Right. Good lord. And you know, they ended up they ended up signing a decent player who's still in the league. I mean, this is a player who could have contributed from the get go, but no. That's just how bad they were, and then lots of issues with even less funding and uh, like national team players and players who had sponsorships were like bringing in shoes and gloves and Gatorade or whatever the equivalent that they were using and yeah. stuff like that. So just so they could have stuff because they just weren't funding it. So that that's just how bad it was, especially the the last year. But yeah, it, but another one of the problems that Kansas City has, and this is a problem that Swell Park Rangers has, is there's really only one place to play. True that. Well, I mean, you could say two if you want to count Arrowhead, but <laughs> Sporting couldn't fill out Arrowhead, much less FC Kansas City or Swell Park Rangers, and right? Neither, neither could FC Bayern and AC Milan. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, it's it, it's it, there's just not a good secondary stadium for them to play in that has alcohol and decent grass, uh, bathrooms, bathrooms <laughs> television facilities. Or, you know, at least the hookups that you can do television easily from. All these other things, they just don't, they, it doesn't exist. We need to build one in Lee Summit, Cody. Ooh, me and you? Okay, let's do it. We're going to fund it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can, like, go fund it, right? Yeah, go fund me. Yeah, like $20 million. We'll have a stadium. Yeah, just $2,000. <laughs> oh, man. We do need another one, though. So, it... That's the problem that Kansas City has. A lot of other uh, areas don't have that same problem. Even like big colleges, we only have UMKC really in town. Yeah, That's yeah, a yeah. fairly big college, and it's not even big because like uh, all the big colleges around Kansas City are out. You know, KU and Lawrence, K State, and whatever the hell that place is. <laughs> little Apple. Tigers in Columbia, and after that, it's all smaller s- facilities. So. Now I'm gonna, but I'm gonna go back and join some of the people who who made those comments, right? Yeah. I don't know how many times I would see women on Facebook that I know are sporting fans complain about the women's national team not getting paid, but I see them at one FC Kansas City game in five years. You know, these are people I know personally, right? I'm not calling I, any individuals out. I I know I know them also. All right, so. How it's like it's just totally hypocritical to me that people here can complain about that that they didn't stay, or that sporting didn't uh, save them. Mm-hmm. Which, quite honestly, in retrospect, it would have been stupid for sporting to save them because they would have incurred several million dollars in debt that they didn't they didn't do the stupidity to generate. Exactly, they would have inherited a t- uh, fairly toxic bad name at that point. And they've Fairly already toxic, yeah, yeah. definitely quite. <laughs> and they had to do a turnaround already once with the Wizards, which was nowhere near as toxic as FC Casey became. So it, I don't blame them for not doing it. Now I would love that they decide now to get back into the game and inherit the FC Kansas City legacy. There it is. You know, start with two stars. But I am. I am confident that they'll do it at some point. Yeah, it's just it's. I would have been more confident a couple of years ago, quite honestly, that they would do it than I am today. But oh, yeah. I still think they probably will. It seems like this would have been a good time to get the ball rolling with it. Hell, even the uh, asshole in Austin, uh, what uh, pre-court, mm-hmm. has already said that he's in talks with NWSL to bring an NWSL team to there. Oh, goody. <laughs> but I do think that you know the original question was, will – the World Cup, like, 
build more support and it, it'll build support for a while. There'll be a couple months of a little bit of better, um, fan attendance and, mm-hmm. and notice, but it'll fade away. Um, and quite honestly, some of the national team players are to blame for it also. What I hated after the last World Cup was you had players like Rapino, like Carly Lloyd, not coming back to their uh, teams fast. Oh, yeah. Taking a long break. Taking a long break. And I'm not saying they had to come back and play like right the very first game, but you know they could have been back at least like been there promoting the game to the local mm-hmm. teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carly Lloyd went on a book signing tour and missed you know games that were crucial to her team being in the playoffs, things like that. So they just I mean they didn't care about their clubs. So why would fans of the national team? They're fans of the national team. That's they're true. not fan of women's soccer. It's like a whole different. It is. It's a whole different. Uh, I'm not. I'm, I can't even think of the way I want to describe this, but it's just. It's a different entity altogether. It's like almost a cult thing of following the women's national team versus oh, yeah. following FC Kansas City or the Houston Dash or the Rain or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So and so yeah, all that that all just came down to someone was talking shit on my city. <laughs> Which yeah, I mean, you need to defend we it. I don't have no that. problem, but on the but I'm trying to be trying to see two sides of everything, right? And it's there's some truth to what the people whining about it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. If if Kansas City had been drawing six thousand people when they had Lauren Holiday and Amy Rodriguez and Nicole Barnhart and uh, Heather O'Reilly, yeah, and that badass team. You know, they won two uh, championships. They could have won a third. They went had to go into a massive rebuild year in the fourth year because of players being <laughs> pregnant and yeah. injured and all this other stuff. It, so it, Vlaco's amazing coach it, with just a little bit of support, with a couple more, with another signing or two, or you know, he would have he's go, he's going to win more stars as a coach. Okay, let's move on to the fairly surprising success, but still inadequate. U.S. men's national team. Why was it surprising, man? <laughs> um, I guess it's, I, it's probably I should I shouldn't say it was surprising because, going in, I on this pod I said, I would be upset if they didn't make the semifinals. So I can't really call going one game farther than that a surprise. Yeah. Or beating Jamaica a surprise. Jamaica or Curacao. Yeah. But. There were some, there were encouraging signs. And again, my whole thing, you know, we've talked about it on here many times, was, you know, getting back to like the old school American grit on the team. And I think there was, I think it's getting there. I think it's getting there. So that was, that was encouraging. They showed, they showed some of the grit and they also showed some ball movement and mm -hmm. they showed some organization and then at a point they fell apart. That they did. Was that a change in how Mexico played? Was it a change in how the U.S. played? I mean, I yeah, I, I see a lot of people say that it was because Mexico started pressuring Bradley more, and once you start doing that, um, he doesn't. He's not nearly as effective. Yeah, I mean, he had a he was good in the first half, and then you know, as good as Bradley could be for the national team in the first half, and then yeah, the if, yeah that putting pressure on him definitely uh, made an impact, I think. The funny thing is he's on the CONCACAF Best 11. Best 11. 
And you know, you know why though, right? Because the journalists who vote for that shit are stupid, and they just have names that they know and recognize. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. There was there was three Americans on that team: Pulisic, Bradley. Who was the other one? Oh, Aaron Long. Actually, that was. Oh, one. that's right. He's probably worthy. Actually. Yeah. Yeah, he had a good tournament. Even though he didn't play every game. Did he? I don't think he did. <laughs> we need our stats and info team here. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're sick too. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But I, I mean, I saw a lot of people like, oh yeah, they were terrible and all this stuff, and it was you know another national disgrace, and Burhalter sucks, and you know we will never get qualified again with this team. This team was far better than what they played in Trinidad. Okay, this team was far better. This team would they have are. qualified. This team, with the addition of a couple more players who may be injured or still developing, would have been potentially winning that game. And like, I know a lot of people are saying that was like Mexico C team, but I, I can't nah. judge that. I think, from what I could tell, it was at least a B, yeah. B plus even yeah. team. But and then people complaining about them not doing great against Curacao, but hey, Curacao got to the as far as they did because they were playing well and they're not actually from Curacao. They're actually from the Netherlands. Right. <laughs> it's really like the Netherlands C team. Or it's, or it's like they took down the two Cinderella teams of the tournament. <laughs> yeah. People want to be unhappy about things. So it, was it a perfect performance? Was it a perfect coaching job? Was it a perfect selection? Whatever. No, no, no. But right. again, I'm going to give them some time to see how players build into the system or if they can build into the system. You know, some of the decisions with the roster and like it still just seems like U.S. soccer or the front office people, if you will, making decisions are still just like make some head scratchers. So who uh, who should not have been on the roster? Go ahead. Go ahead. Name names. Maybe not on the roster, but it's I, I still I'm I'm still not a fan of Jossie's artists on the national team. He's too passive. One of the best goals he scored, he knew nothing about and it probably broke his nose. And then it's like I mean the one the one that really drives me crazy is um is no Josh Sargent. Okay, I'm gonna defend that one. All right, I know. I I'll, know. I know. I'll be unpopular in well, this. And it's also bad timing of saying it because there was like news that just came out where his coach said he's happy how good of shape he's in, and so it's like you know he had all summer to get ready and get fit for yeah this team and yeah. So, but then that's part of it is he had chance to be ready for his real team, which if he was fighting and training and cause they, they, they were training like two ice a day under yeah, Burhalter. Yeah. That was another thing too, is he was killing those guys. I mean, it wasn't like an easy camp. Um, they were doing two a day trainings and stuff through this period. Uh, and like the guys who didn't play, this was another thing I did. Like, uh, some of the commenters were, uh, Oh yeah, these he's changing out the lineup because these guys are rested and these guys aren't. They were running those guys who didn't. I mean, yeah, they were trying to keep them all on the same exact recovery schedule. So like the guys who didn't play, they were out there on the field after the game, running their ass off, trying to put out the same amount of energy the guys who played did. Yeah, now, it's obviously a little bit different than playing a game, but they were trying to keep them on that same cycle. So that was a little bit of wrong. But I'm good with him not having played Sergeant. He's yeah. 18. Give the kid a chance to go and get some games in. And if he'd have failed, if he'd have, if they'd have played him, and he failed for the national team, there's a, like 
there's a chance that he loses confidence and, you know, now he takes a year to recover that confidence, right? He goes and let let his coach in Germany build up his confidence by either playing yeah. him on a U20, U23, B team, first team, whatever he's appropriate for for that time. So trying to force him into play against a, a Mexican squad that's mm-hmm. going to hack his ass off. Yeah, dragging him, dragging him through Concacaf is never is never pretty. <laughs> nope. And there's a big difference, like the from last time they were here till this time. Looking at Pulisic and how he plays oh, yeah. and his attitude and stuff. The first time, man, he was like, you know, he was running around and doing all this stuff like he had never played in a Concacaf game and been hacked to death, right? Mm-hmm. And now he's like, okay, now I got this. Now he understands what it is to be hacked by little countries that don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. So it, he's a different guy, and it's just going to take time for people to do that stuff. Omar Gonzalez. Yeah, no, he should have been there. Get off my team. <laughs> I, I, I can't name exactly like 27 other center backs out there that should have been there before him. Yeah. But I, there's got to be several. I just, he's he's one of those guys that was, you know, he was a big part of the failure and the attitude of that last team that didn't make the World Cup. And, you know, even if he is, he, he's not, but even if someone believes he's one of the best four or five center backs that we have to offer right now, I just don't care. Get someone else in there and get them some experience. <laughs> like, let's I, just move on. Get yeah. him out of here. Oh, man, we, we totally agree on this one, man. Like, <laughs> again, he might be one of the the top five best if you were, like, looking at one-on-one defending or mm-hmm. whatever, but he just seems to not – it seems like at least once, twice a game, he does something just totally stupid when he's with the national team. And, and he did. And it costs. every it, when In big games, it costs the U.S. All right. Before I get too angry about Omar Gonzalez, we're going to take a break here, and we'll come back and we'll talk about Sporting Kansas City. Oh, because we're the Shades of Blue soccer show. That's right. Yeah. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When it's a fight all night. When it's a fight all night. We can gather all the friends all around the tomb. That's not a better thing to do. When it's a fun, fun night. When it's a fun, fun night. When the final whistle blows, we're gonna celebrate tonight. When the final whistle blows, we're gonna celebrate tonight. When the final whistle blows, you know we're gonna feel alright. Alright. Sporting Kansas City. They're climbing the ranks. It's happening. So what? From 10th to 9th? <laughs> 11th to 10th. Ah. Or wait, were they in dead last? No, they, they were. were. Yeah. Oh, at they one were. point they were. 12th to 10th. They were dead last at one point, I believe. I was or tied de- for last. I was in denial. I was blocking it out of my memory. But only a couple points out of a playoff spot, right? Five points now. Hmm. Man, we even at the peak of their awfulness, it was only like three points. And then they finally get a win. And now we're up to a five point deficit. And the games in hand are gone also. So. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh. At this point, games in hand would have meant nothing. Yeah, that's true. They wasted all of them. They did get three points. They just had to play an Eastern Conference team. Apparently, they need to be back there. It would probably help. One of the few teams doing worse than them 
is the Vancouver Whitecaps, oh. this weekend's opponent. Oh. Another parallel for you. If you thought Sporting Kansas City's loss to LAFC was bad, <laughs> the Caps got beat 6-1 to and gave up a red card to Freddie Montero. In Vancouver? It was in L.A. Yeah, I see. Still worse for Sporting. So, yes, Freddie Montero will be out for this weekend's game. Has he actually been any good this year? No. I'm assuming not because the whole team has been pretty bad. So, in other words, it's not a loss. We have a solid two more points than them. Yikes. Which I expected more out of uh, a Dos Santos coach team, but it's uh, he's done well everywhere he's been. First growing pains in his career, literally. Like he, He's dominated like the first year. He's taken over almost everywhere. Yeah. Hey, maybe he'll make that late run at the end of the season too. I do like him. I'm rooting for him. Also, yes, if I would be happy if Sporting and Vancouver both leapfrogged the Timbers and Real Salt Lake. <laughs> that would please me very much. Yeah, it was uh, when I was writing something yesterday, it was – Kind of like sporting looking up the table. There is an unusual spot looking up the table at Houston and yeah. uh, some of those other teams. Like At least Colorado it's was not there. right. Minnesota United is in fourth place. Like yeah. What is this? What's happening? It, proof that it's hard to stay at the top. And Vancouver is also playing tonight in the Canadian Cup against Cavalry. So they'll be coming off a beatdown last weekend and then a... Hopefully a hard-fought hard fought Canadian championship match. Oh, I would laugh if Calvary beat him. Hey, Johan, two-game goal streak. Best player in MLS. Two-game <laughs> goal streak. Put the team on his back. <laughs> uh, no, that was a beautiful goal. The pass was just was just beautiful. Both passes. Beasler yeah, the, to Felipe, oh. Felipe to Johan. No, that was Ilya's little touch to Felipe. Was it? I was thinking it was Beasler. But anyway. It was great. Drew the defender in and just tapped it into open space. But that was uh, just about the best weighted pass that we've had all year from anybody. Yes, it was. Behind a defender and in front of another. And Quase did not mess it up, which our other striker is seemingly having issues with that right now. I don't know that he could hit the net without a keeper in it at this point. Yeah, that's the thing we love about Namath is his, his how lethal he is. He's just lacking confidence right now or something. Something. Uh, well, I mean, that's been the whole team. but Because uh, Johan scored in the previous game against L.A. when he came off the bench. I saw him in the hallway after when I was walking out of the stadium, and mm-hmm. I just kind of like the – nice perfunctual a hey, uh, good goal johan kind of thing just being polite and, which it was decent but it was just more like i said being polite mm-hmm. and he goes it does not matter and i was like man <laughs> I, was, I was about to call like pr and say put him on suicide watch or something but yeah well at no. least he he was very fatalistic like yeah it does not matter yeah, Namath about broke his foot on the goalpost after missing one of those. And I about broke my hand slamming it on a on a table. <laughs> hey, I guess on the positive side, trying to trying to be, you know, optimistic here, at least he hit the goalpost when he kicked it. He did. He didn't miss that. Give him some credit, I guess, right? Yeah. At least he hit what he was aiming for that time. 
So let's talk about potential summer transfer moves. The window is open. Where should they sign somebody? I don't know, but we need help. Do we? You know, the conversation obviously goes to the signings by returns from injury. That's the summer transfer window right there, getting everybody healthy. At least this year, for sporting it is. I actually got Peter to use those almost exact words, so... So where is everyone at? Start with Roger Espinoza. He was training this week. He's training. Not full, but yes. but at least uh, off and on, they're seeing how he goes. Hurtado was in full training. The only ones who are not in full training this week is uh, Wallace, who we'll probably never see again except at public events, and uh, Lindsey, who he's running around the field and... You know, at least, like, I think probably a week or two or three away from joining training. All right. Jalen slowly making his way back. That's that's good to hear also. But uh, I'm marking off days on my calendar for Roger Espinoza, though. Man. You know, it also shows we knew he was getting older. We know we need to find a replacement for him. And this year and this absence of his has shown, like, truly how big of a need it is to find a player that can do what he does. Is there anybody who can replace him, though? In the world, no, because Roger <laughs> Roger holds a special place in our hearts. <laughs> but it seems like the way he plays when sporting's at their best, the way he plays, and people may, a lot of people don't notice it, a lot of people do, but the team is better when he's in the field playing the way he does. And it doesn't seem like anybody else can do that on a consistent game-in, game-out basis. That's, that's one of the worries. I, It's like... Peter's system relies upon that one guy to be that good. And well, we also have said that exact same thing about the holding midfield position. I think it just shows like how much of a machine the system is that he runs. That if one part that we, you know, grow accustomed to having falls apart, then the rest of it does also. Yep. So if they were going to sign somebody, which spot would you want them to sign him at? How about trainer? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, how about a left back? The age-old question, age-old attempt to replace Seth Sinovic. Which that's the rumor now is. Yes. I, would, I shouldn't say rumor. Peter confirmed they're talking to him, along with thirty other people. Was his exact count was thirty, but he did confirm they were talking to Luis Martins. Was that the right way to say that one? Yeah. I Portuguese guess. left back can also play left wing. Playing in uh, Portugal right now, uh, f- he was on a team that got relegated, but he's uh, f- he's available on a free right now. Which you know, available on a free. That's the key. <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> we should have probably just said that one first. <laughs> that's uh, that's like Peter's language right there. Yeah, that's like that's like that's like whispering sweet nothings into Vermees ear. I'm available on a free. <laughs> Come take me. And honestly, he might not even be that good. It's just, <laughs> it's yeah. just a free transfer. Well, and that and that'll be the question. I mean, it, we it's hard to tell how good a guy is who wasn't wasn't even getting consistent starts for a team that got relegated in Portugal. Maybe he's good. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's exactly what we need. You know, maybe he's got speed still. But again, this is I know this is not reality. But I just out of curiosity went and looked at his uh, his uh, FIFA cards, oh. and over the years he he used to have like something like a you know 85 pace or something which was you know pretty good and yeah. now it's like 70 or 72 oh. 
and there's like multiple people on sporting that have better pace than that. And I know that that's not reality and that that's people making some stupid judgment on if a whatever, but it's just one of those interesting little things that I go look up sometimes when they're talking about players that I don't know very well. Like what? Okay. Well, how does FIFA rate them? Yeah. Cause that's just like the world standard of, of true ratings now. I like it. Uh, it's at least something. So anyway, so if they get him and he comes in and, uh, competes for Seth's job again, maybe he's got the better ball handling and perhaps better speed than Seth. And maybe he's as well defensively, but how much you want to bet in the long run, Seth beats him out again. How can you bet against it at this point? I got a feeling there's going to be like someday, like you're going to be like, Hey, I'm going to do this podcast, but my, my teenager is like bothering me right now. So I don't know if I can do this podcast, but we want to go in and talk about whether or not zombie Seth is going to beat out the latest left back they're bringing in from Spain. Oh man. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the guy will, and he honestly is already starting to look like one if you ask me, but Uh, I think he was looking that way 10 years ago, but yeah, he, he goes into this like monster mode when he starts sweating in in the middle of a game. I don't know what it is. He always looks like he's dying or he has a fever or something terrible. (laughs) But that's just the, you know, that's just the fire in his eye. I think I'm going to go out like trademark zombie Seth, though, because that's going to be like an advertisement from sporting in 20 years. Hashtag zombie Seth. Yep. Come see zombie Seth take on the Vancouver Whitecaps. So where else do we need an addition does Sporting KC need an addition? Yeah. When do you play for the team, man? <laughs> hey, we're going to get our chance. Yeah, Media you... game coming up July 20. Go out teams, and laugh. Teams have been selected. You get to go against Diego this time. I do. Ha. Huh? Yeah, and Diego doesn't play around in that game either. Yeah. Remember what, two games ago? He's like, oh, yeah, man, I, don't worry. I, I'll just go out and I'll, I'll take it easy. I won't do anything. <laughs> and he's like blowing by everybody. He did. Yeah, thanks, Diego. We had he we had a nice little give and go in that game that I'll cherish, and he won't remember. Okay. Anyway, where else do we need an addition? Sporting KC. Where does Sporting KC need an addition? That's a good question. Do you think they need another center back? Do you think they need a another center forward? Um, but yes, unless Sporting goes out and signs some real spend some real money, which they're going to be hesitant to do because of how big the contracts are right now. They have a limited amount of funds and they're either going to have to spend them in this window or the next. This window might be better to spend in because you have more availability because it's the, the world's main window. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to see honestly, even, even maybe more so than a left. Well, no, we need a left back, but Roger's spot there in the middle, in the midfield and uh, another winger. You're not getting all that. I know, but that's what the team needs. Like, even go and and going into next year, also, I think. Shallowy has not taken the next step this year that we all thought was there. He's in a bad form at the moment, and he's starting to get halitosis. Uh, <laughs> yeah, passing instead of uh, taking the shot now. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, he's. I actually, I'm not too worried about Shallowy. I think he's like, he's actually, you know, obviously having problems right now with confidence and shooting, but that's like pretty much every Hungarian forward is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, that we have. So I do think that once he breaks through, though, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. His touch will come back, and 
and also Gerso as well. I know, like, I love it. It's so much fun to watch, but it's just a tease. It's a tease every time. Like, we just, we know that that's what Gerso is. He's just one, like, very weird mental thing away on that finish from being a... World class? Yes, yes. From playing in another league. I guess it's cool we have it to get there and get us all screaming. It's so frustrating. But he could have had like three assists in that game the other night. Yeah, and the assists aren't his fault. No, they're not. I mean, he he might make a bad pass every once in a while or whatever, but his passing has been pretty decent to people in the box. It's just that when he's passed to them, mm-hmm. it's been, oh my God. You know, whether it was Shallowy or Nemo or Failhaber, I think a couple games ago or... Yes. It's it's just been amazing how many people have been passed to by Gerso that failed to hit the net. So in your opinion, does the team need to sign sign someone anywhere? Quite honestly, I'm at the point where I think they should only sign somebody who they think is an upgrade. I mean, it's not like don't go out and sign somebody just to fill in some depth at this point. Yeah. I mean, if if you're going to sign somebody, they need to either be a, a present upgrade or somebody that you predict is going to pass somebody by in the next six months kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily signing for today. Um, it, I, I know, I mean, I sound like Peter in this, but don't go out and make a rash buy. He's, I don't think he's going to do that. He's said it himself. He said it himself. He's not going to, I don't yeah, necessarily, I mean, he, he never would do that. Well, in, the 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 most rash moves he made this year were Failhaber and Hasler, and they both need have him. worked out, and they needed both of them at the time. It wasn't so much rash as okay, we Necessity. need something to stop the bleeding, right? So they did, and in both cases, it financially wasn't bad for him. I mean, uh, he hated to lose Abdul Guatabaye, but yeah. I, I so notice he hasn't been like doing a whole lot for Colorado either, right? No, he hasn't. Uh, another a bad team so if he's not cracking the ranks there then he's not like MLS ready so it's not like we were missing him at this point in time right I don't know man I just I, I, I mean there's a lot of spots I would like to see somebody signed but I just wanted to be somebody who's going to be an improvement in this system you know if it could be somebody that can fill in for Roger but we have guys who in theory can fill in for Roger okay so like let's just say they sign a left back who is going to help relieve Seth some right now you have Madranda needing minutes somewhere Mm -hmm. and there's been times when he was in the midfield area that he looked like he could be kind of a Roger kind of guy he's not quite the Roger kind of guy but he could be closer to it than I think almost anybody else on the roster would be roster yeah for sure so he's that's a spot that he could maybe slide over to Busio Zalalem I mean Zalalem's looking better and better each time oh yeah I did I did want to talk about him you can see, fly, like, he's just way more confident, if nothing else. he's He does not lose the ball very often. He's kind of like, like the positive things we've said about Ilya in the past, like, you know, he doesn't turn over the ball, he makes good passes and all that type of stuff. I can see why they were interested in him being a six. Yeah. Even though he just defensively isn't as smart about it as Ilya at this point. Uh, so you have all these guys who can fit in in the midfield. Busio, like I said, Busio, Zalalem, Crazé. Uh, you know, just I, mean, I would still love for Crosse to just get a game like six games in a row in the same in spot. The same spot. 
you know, whether it's starting or subbing in for a good 30 minutes, if nothing else, right? Yeah. At this point, I would be quite happy with him rotating with Nemo. Like, one starts, the other comes off the bench kind of thing until Nemo can reclaim it if he ever can. Yeah. But perhaps... So this is one thing I miss about Rubio is one thing I thought about was really good about Rubio is when he was benched, he came off the bench with a vengeance, man. He like yes. he came out and scored. When he started, it was like, okay, I'm a starter. Da, 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 da. Oh, shit, I'm on a bench. I'm scoring. Man, it was just... He had that like, fire for sure. So if you could get Croze and Nemo having that same like alternating fire kind of thing, that would be great. But you have to get Nemo like putting the ball in the net somewhere at some point. Let's move on to the lineup discussion. Yeah? Yeah. Do you have votes? We've got votes. Starting off with Melia, 100% of the vote. Never happens. And in the defenders, Beisler, 100% also. He's going to be paired up with Botan Barat. But honestly, the defensive picks are not what you may think. Sinovic's got the votes, but Graham Zusi is beating Nico Hassler at the moment. Who knows? They might put... Uh Fontas back in. I don't know that I'm on board with, you know, everyone assuming that he, that that was like a lost signing. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, because I, I made like a joke in one of the comments today, like, you know, they should hype him to China to try to sell him. And people are like, oh, we're glad you're on our side. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not <laughs> going to say that. I still think, depends. Actually, I think Chicago would have been a better team to play him against because they. I, don't I have, thought he was going to start, yeah. You know, they don't have the speediest forwards and stuff like that. So I think it would have been more interesting to see him play in the possession. And then, So is Hassler, is there something wrong with Hassler right now? He's fit, right? Yeah. He just I just figured they were giving him giving him a rest in that last game. But our audience here is full bore Graham Zuzi. Really? Hassler only has nine votes. That surprises me because as much as people have been down on Zeus lately. Yeah, everyone must have liked what they saw from him in that last game. Well, he had probably one of his better games he since did. the beginning of the year. Okay, our top three midfielders, Felipe, Ilya, and Zalalem dun, dun, dun. has the nod over Benny Fellhaber. You know, it's obviously not that straightforward. People have their own different combinations there. But he does have, he's our number three in our fan poll here. Busio also gets a lot of votes. Which, quite honestly, I like that myself. I would... I would not mind having those three start and then having Busio come on for either Gideon or Felipe, depending on who's doing what, how they're doing. Yeah, which they did, which Vermees did last game. Mm-hmm. Busio off the bench is, is legit. Yeah. I'm, as good as that kid is and as good as he will be someday, I'm not, I still don't want him doing regular starts. Not quite yet. Not quite yet. But getting as much time as you can get him, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 45 minutes, I would be happy with that. You know, and if you did start a fail hopper, for example, bring him off at half and then put in Busio. Okay. And now we get to center forward where we've got another surprise on the pole. Pontus. <laughs> not quite that surprising. Icopara. But Johan <laughs> is leading the way over Namath with 50% of the vote. Johan Kraze. Johan has two more goals in the last month and a half in league play than <laughs> Nemo does. Yeah, everyone else is, has just as little confidence in Namath as Namath does right now. <laughs> That's sad. Um, I'm so surprised by that. I feel like a lot of our readers are pretty anti-quasi. There's been a lot of that, but 
it's like at the end of last year they started to like him and then all of a sudden they hated him again this year and now maybe the tide is turning again maybe wow and every year he's going to be the best player at the end of the year he's going to suck at the beginning and he's going to be the best at the end i don't know what it is that is if he if he's around next year <laughs> which i'm not exactly sure is uh, is going to happen it will depend yeah all right so who else gerso and russell Oh, I did skip the wingers, didn't we? Well, I didn't. You did. Gerso. <laughs> Gerso and Russell, for sure. 91% of the vote for both of them. Shallowly down with uh, down at 14. Sorry, Daniel. Yeah, I like our I like this roster we've got here. I like the starting 11. So, let's let's game this out a little bit. Starting up top, Gerso, Johan and Johnny bring Daniel on at 60 or 70 for whoever is looking tired or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he can go on in whichever side and for Flip Gerso. Uh, start with Felipe and Gideon in the midfield at this point and bring in Busio for whichever one whichever looks like they one. need a break. Mm-hmm. So I, there's think two. I think this is exactly Peter Vermees' plan. So there's two. <laughs> but who else? Who, who uh, like What else we got? Like How about Madranda off the bench for... Seth, or for or, Susie, or the other winger. There you go. Jimmy needs minutes right now more yeah. than he needs to be in a spot where he can give up goals. Yeah, I don't think the last game he played he was very good defensively, and I don't. This is not a knock on Jimmy. I think um, I know we've talked about this before. Like one on one, he was an amazing defender, team defender. He had to grow into that role, and I think that. I just felt like last when he played the last game when he played a couple weeks ago, he was not good defensively. He wasn't in sync with the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was actually worse than Johan back there. So, in yeah, my they, opinion, I know other people will disagree with that. Um, so, anyway, I think getting him out there on the wing and just getting him game minutes is probably more important in a place that's a little bit safer so he can come back definitely. and help. Yeah, so, so I like that a lot. So there's a good game plan. Listen, against, Peter. Against, uh, yeah, can you hear us? Uh, against a team that that should work against. That game plan, in theory, should beat the 11th place team. <laughs> a team that's also struggling. When's uh, What's like their last five games, you know? You have the computer in front of you. Yeah. 6-1 to one loss versus LA. 1-0 loss versus Sounders. Draw, draw, draw. Yeah, not good. Okay, but... Similar to sporting. True that. <laughs> Except we have a win in there. Yeah, but we they played Chicago also. <laughs> okay, so they're climbing the ranks. We're going to leave it at that, and they're going to continue to climb. Players will come back and play the role of new signings. In theory. <laughs> Let's hope. So, anything else? Uh, usually I have something to like throw at you. You but... do, normally. All right, we covered uh, women, we've covered FCKC, we've covered U.S. national team. Hey, you know one thing we left off on the U.S. national team when we covered that? Yeah, no, I don't. I know, because I didn't mention it. That's my <laughs> fault. But the one thing, the one positive that I didn't see any uh, anybody really mention about the entire thing was you started to see two guys take control of the team as it's their team, Pulisic and McKinney, okay? That's the changing of the guard that needed to happen to make this a positive. You, I mean, you could you can argue about whether they should have won the Gold Cup or should have played better in the second half of that, whatever, bullshit, okay? The important thing is McKinney 
was running that team like that's his team okay he was captain and he was getting in people's faces and he yes. didn't actually punch Guardado when he got choked yeah um, i don't know how he didn't or how that didn't get seen but yeah they just don't want to throw cards at that point that's bullshit but that's just the way it is but him and Pulisic both made it starts to make it their team a changing of the guard so once you see people like way and Sargent and Adams. I was going to say, and Tyler Adams, too. Yeah. So once you see those guys start to come in and do the same thing, this team will be all right. I'm not going to say they're going to win everything or anything. You know, that's – I'm still a realist. This is still United States soccer, not How about France. Tyler Boyd? I'm going to go ahead and put him on that list, too, of maybe a, a changing of the guard. He just recently signed with Besiktas. After there were a whole bunch of rumors about him – coming to an MLS team or in talks with multiple MLS teams. So, yeah, that'll be a big test for him. So, we'll see. But that's the only one thing that's the only thing I could think of that we needed to mention earlier, or at least I needed to mention that that was the bright that was the really bright spot of the whole men's camp was those guys stepping up and making it their team and making the Gonzaleses and Bradleys irrelevant over time. Well, good job. You did your job of derailing at the end of the podcast, as I count on you to do every week. Yay! Okay, what else have we missed? Thanks to the Vanden Arms. Yes, of course, that music you hear for our intro and all of our transitions, that's the Vanden Arms. Definitely check them out. The intro is called My Football Team's Got Me Drinking. And the one coming back from break is called Football Night. So go give them a listen on Spotify. We are also on Spotify now. You can add the podcast there. And while you're at it, be sure to add us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Blue Testament KC. And of course, join the community and leave us a comment on thebluetestament.com. We'll talk to you next week. Skipper has just been sent off. Some putters strong and all gone soft. My fun fatigues got me drinking. My fun fatigues got me drinking. My fun fatigues got me drinking. Give me beer or whiskey, when or gin. Anything to shake this foot I'm in. My fun fatigues got me drinking. My fun fatigues. Yeah.